Keep Tucson Spooky. This is Keep Tucson Spooky, the podcast where we talk about spooky things in Tucson, I guess. Murder, mystery, mayhem, UFOs, ghosts, what else? Murders? We already said murders. Missing people. Missing missing persons. Yeah, good good another M in there. Actually, today we're going to be talking about a missing person, uh, Danny has done much of the research on this. Oh, I should introduce us. I'm Jess, and this is Danny, and we are two people who live primarily in Tucson and really enjoy murder and mysteries and stuff. So, okay. Um, so I'm gonna stop chewing on things again. Um, oh, um, for our our normal section of what are you eating in Tucson? Yeah. Uh, during this podcast, we are drinking some local, uh, I'm drinking local coffee from, uh, Raging Sage in Tucson, and Danny is eating a pico de gallo cocktail, uh, from Taqueria Pico de Gallo in Tucson. Alcohol-free. Alcohol-free. not starting that early. So it's a fruit cocktail. It's the best. I know that you would, people who think they, like, know Mexican food are like, pico de gallo, that's just salsa. But it's actually, like, a bunch of different stuff. And this refers to these giant spears of, like, watermelon, mango, I think there's some papaya in there, pineapple, coconut, coconut, um... All dunked in a bunch of like lemon and lime juice and covered in delicious uh, chili salt, which is a little bit, only a little bit spicy mm-hmm. and really, really delicious just all over. So A plus fruit in, <laughs> A plus like delicious cut fresh fruit in uh, January 1st of 2017. Winter is not my master, I tell you what. <laughs> Um, okay, so Isabel, Isabel Silas. Yeah, so uh, this probably, some people might know about this, especially they lived in Arizona. Uh, it didn't get that much national coverage, although I've seen references to like um, Huffington Post, <clears throat> excuse me, covering it. It just sort of came and went for a lot of people, especially if you didn't live in Arizona. So this is a, a little girl who disappeared in 2012. Um, she was six when she went missing. So I'll just give you the family members. We have Rebecca or Becky Sellis. She works as a nurse at TMC. TMC is the the, uh, Tucson Medical Center. It's a really big hospital in um, sort of central Tucson. Is it Sellis? I I was saying Sellis. Am I pronouncing it I don't know. I've never heard. It might be Sellis, Sellis. I'm not sure. Do you want to pause real quick and look that up? Google break. We're back. And uh, it is Sellis. Now I'm chewing again, so hold on. <laughs> anyway, so um, you have Rebecca Sellis, who was, like I said, a nurse at TMC. You have Sergio Sellis, who is a oral surgery assistant at a dental office. You have, I don't know why I'm saying this in past tense. They are still alive. Um, and then Justin Mastromarino, which was Becky's cousin. He lived in an apartment nearby. He also lived with the family for some time. And uh, Isabel herself was six, as I said. Uh, She had two brothers, Julian and Sergio, both 10 and 14, respectively. And um, she was described as being four feet tall, weighing about 44 pounds, and having dark hair and hazel eyes. And the family lived on Broadway and Craycroft. And 
Uh, for those of you who live in Tucson, that is basically like Park Place Mall area, um, which is one of the obviously malls in Tucson. Um, and so I'm trying to think of how to start. So basically, I, I feel like it's important to remember that the person who goes missing is an actual person. I think with a lot of these cases, you forget that the are human beings yep. at the core of these yep. cases. So I just wanted to add a little just personal note. Isabel loved playing softball. Um, she was a big softball player as a kid. Um, in fact, that's what her mother did before putting her to sleep was laid out her softball uniform. Um, and we'll put up for this episode a picture of her. There's, um, if you've been Definitely. in Arizona, you've seen a picture of her. Yep. It was a pretty famous one. Um, She's an adorable little girl. Yeah. So um, this all took place on April the 21st or possibly 20th. No one's really sure of the timeline. Uh, 2012. So last known sighting of Isabel was at 11 o'clock at night when she went to bed. As I said, her mom laid out her softball uniform, kissed her on the cheek, and then went to bed herself. Sergio Celis, um, again, that's her father, fell asleep on the couch watching TV. Um, there are two other boys in the house. Uh, as best I could tell, they did not share a room with Isabel. And there were also three dogs. Two of them were in the master bedroom in kennels, and one of them was in the backyard. Do we know what kind of dogs those were? We do not, but uh, we do know that the one in the backyard who maybe could have possibly heard something was unfortunately blind and deaf ah, at the age okay. of 17. So the, there was a neighbor who lived immediately next door of the Celises, and she says that she you never... Do you know if that's on like the left or the right? It was near the bedroom. Okay. It was like adjacent of the bedroom of Isabel. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. So the neighbor closest to the little girl's bedroom. Yes. In okay. fact, her bedroom window was right outside of Isabel's bedroom window. And the neighbor says that she never heard any kind of struggle. She never heard um, Isabel's voice, but she did report that at some point during the night, she heard male voices right outside of her bedroom, which again would have been right outside of Isabel's bedroom. She doesn't, didn't hear what they were saying. And again, no struggle, no, nothing. It might not have been anything in particular, but she that, reported it. I mean, probably not going to get too much of a struggle from a little girl who's sleeping. Especially if she knew who yeah. it was. Um, so that happened at some point, but she didn't really think much of it and just went to sleep. Uh, I believe at that point also the sun was starting to come up. This would have been April in Arizona, so I'm guessing about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning is when this she woke up, but I couldn't get an exact time. She probably doesn't even know the exact time. But we do know that at 5 a.m., Sergio, the father, wakes up, goes from his couch to his bedroom, and goes back to sleep. And then um, Isabel's mom leaves for work uh, early in that morning. Um, I'm guessing if she's a nurse, she probably works at 7 a.m. That would be that's usually the most common start time of, of shifts, uh, day shifts. So she maybe left the house at about six, six thirty. They are on Broadway and Craycroft, so it wouldn't have been it would have been like at that time of the morning, about a fifteen minute drive max. So yeah, Broadway and Craycroft, and she worked at uh, TMC. TMC, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, of course, if she was going to get coffee or something else before then, or she got regularly got breakfast before. Yeah, work, I mean, then, we're not yeah. we're not claiming to be omniscient no. here. We don't know how exactly how this went down. We're doing the best we can from the from the internet. Uh, yeah, and this and she, Isabel, I'm sorry, Rebecca, the mom later says that um, she normally, if she wakes up before six thirty to go to work, she wouldn't go and check on Isabel. So um, it's not particularly suspicious that uh, she okay. wouldn't go check on her kids before going to work. Okay. Um, anyway, and so, again, you have a neighbor who reports hearing some male voices, but again, no signs of a struggle. 
Uh, and again, she goes to bed and it's a little while after that the father comes banging on her door telling her that his daughter's missing. So he, he went up right over to the neighbor's house? No. So at eight o'clock in the morning, okay. um, he goes to wake her up for little league practice. That's when he discovers that she's not there. Uh, the son, um, and her, her, the bedroom window is missing, is open and the screen to that window is missing. Uh, they then search the house and, uh, I'm sorry, it's the oldest son who noticed that the window was wide open and the screen was lying out in the backyard. So then they search the house. They search for about 15 minutes, um, at 8.13, because remember eight o'clock is when he notices that she's gone. 8.13, he texts the wife to say that his daughter's missing. At 8.14... You text. You texted. He texted. He texted his wife that the daughter is missing. So about 13 minutes after finding that his daughter is missing, he immediately texts saying she's missing. That's weird to me okay. that you would text. Yeah. Um, it might have been because immediately one minute after he then calls 911. So it might be that he just... I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I this Granted, this is not the same, but it, like I've had dogs that go like, I can't find my dog. Like, mm-hmm. cause some, like, let's say my roommate put my dog outside. I, I might like before think starting to scour the area looking for her, which might be the equivalent of calling 911. I might call my wife and just say like, Hey, did Isabel, did you wake her up? Do you know, oh, okay. did you see, like, I might, I might call. It is also weird. When did this happen? Uh, you mean time? Yes. Oh, 2012. 2012. Okay. So pretty... Pretty recently. Yeah. Uh, For some reason, I thought that this had happened... I had always, before going into this episode, had in my mind that this happened in like the 2000s or something Mm -hmm. like that. No, 2012. So, okay. So I was was thinking maybe it was unusual to text back then. No. But Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, so... So then, I mean, yeah, I just, I feel like I might, like I said, I might call the wife just instead of going right to... Maybe my wife saw the girl, like Isabel. Yeah. Maybe Isabel fell asleep in the, the the boys or fell asleep somewhere else. I I think I don't know. I I might call first, but then again, she works at a hospital. It wouldn't be surprising that she may not be easy to get right. a hold of. Well, um, now agreeing with you, disagreeing with myself. <laughs> um, also, if she's a nurse and she's a busy nurse on shift, it might be better to get her attention via right. text. Right. Because if she just sees that there's a missed call, she's going to go, I don't know what that is. I don't right. have time to go look at that. Where if she's able to sneak a quick peek and like Isabel's missing, she's like, bing, stop right. everything. And again, he, the timeline, it, it's not like there's, you know, some cases there's just giant gaps in between when they report that they've right. discovered the person's missing and when they call 911. There's not John, in this case. At eight, yeah. yeah. At eight o'clock. They discover she's missing. 8.13, he texts his wife to say that she's missing and immediately after then calls 911. So, um, would you like me to play the 911 Yes, call? let's do it. Okay. 911, what's your emergency? Uh, I want to report a missing person. My little girl is six years old. I believe she was affected from our house. What's the address? Okay, stay on the line for some police. I will. That was... Police department. Get her. Hello, I need to report a uh, missing child. I believe she was abducted from my house. Okay, how old? Six years old. Okay, is it your daughter? Yes. Why do you think she was abducted? I have no idea. We woke up this morning. I went to go get her up for her baseball game, and she's gone. I woke up my, my son. So we looked everywhere in the house, and my oldest son noticed that her window was wide open and the screen was laying in the backyard. 
People that's all around the house. My sons are running. Yeah, my sons are running around the house looking for her. The screen was on the ground outside? Yeah. What's your address? What's your name, sir? My name is Sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O, middle initial D, last name is C-E-L-I-S. I-S is in Sam? Isabel, I-S-B-E-L-I-S-A-B-E-L. M as in man is the middle initial. Okay, same last name? Yes. Okay, what's your actual birthday? Okay. Is mom there also? And she had just left to work. I just called her and I told her to get her butt home. <laughs> okay, mother. What kind of vehicle is she going to be in real back? He just uh, cracked a joke in the middle of the 911 call? So we'll just pause there because she just continues to give information. I think that's... So we will get to that because his behavior... It's that's all, weird. That's it's a weird little weird. It's a little weird. You are not the only one to... That's why I went to that point, just to include that. So, then, um, uh, later that morning, um, she gets... Uh, Rebecca, Becky, gets home, um, and I will play her part of the 911 call. Here. Hello? Hello, ma'am. Are you the mom? Yes. Okay, what is your name? My name is Rebecca Sellis. C-E-L-I-S. Okay, anything else? Do you remember she was wearing and her hair? Her hair is in braids. It's in little ponytails. I made little ponytails on her head last night before she went to bed. The old navy um, shirt with the flag and maybe shorts? Yes, and she's only five. And she's only six. Can you please hurry and get somebody over okay. here? Officers are already on their way, man. We're just getting more information from you, okay? Okay, I'll just pause it there. Just, I just wanted to play that as sort of a little bit of a juxtaposition of the two calls. Yeah. So she definitely sounds a lot more panicked. Yeah. I know it's hard to yeah. to like critique people's behavior after afterwards, we'll, but we'll get there because okay. people certainly have critiqued to. Yes, we'll get there anyway. So. Um, uh, investigators arrive um, about, I'm not sure actually what that's within an hour of when Sergio called or within an hour of Rebecca. I'm going to assume within an hour of Sergio um, calling, which would have been about a nine o'clock in the afternoon or morning, nine o'clock in the morning. Regardless, 250 officers from a variety of different agencies within Tucson show up to canvas the neighborhood. Uh, again, this is Broadway and Craycroft. They then expand out to the greater city of Tucson. Um, tracking dogs are called in. Um, that occurs within the first 24 hours. Uh, they're like flown in from, from, from flown in from Virginia. Uh, these FBI tracking dogs. And uh, then also behavioral analysis from the FBI show up to interview the missing girl's family. So there, there is definitely not a delay in law enforcement responding. Uh, everything seems to be going right. Like I said before, there's not a giant gap in time between, say, the family calling 911 or between when the, FBI, the police show up or when the FBI show up. Everything is very, very prompt. And within the first day, uh, Becky's cousin, who I had mentioned before, is Justin Mastro Marino. Uh, he had an apartment nearby. He um, spoke to the press saying, we need her home safe and sound. We need her home safe, safe and sound, you know. We like to hope she just went out for a walk and is going to come back unharmed. Uh, that is the last time he speaks to the press. And uh, again, within 24 hours, the FBI shows up. These uh, sex offenders within a three-mile radius of Isabel's home are questioned. And, uh, aren't there a lot? We'll get there. 
Okay. There, yes. You can keep doing the we'll get there. Well, I know, but I've other podcasts that I hate it. Okay, I can. It's okay. It's so there are seventeen sex offenders in the area. Okay. Eight of them are level three predators, and uh, what that means is level three is the highest level of sex offender that you can go. These are people who have uh, committed violent rape, not okay. just sort of um, roofy kind of rape. This is okay. um, sexual assault. This is uh, sex with unconscious persons. This is anything in tier one or two. Um, Offenses, but the victim is under 15. And there are eight of those. There are eight, yes. Living in the what radius? A three-mile radius. Jesus. Okay. All uh, right. And well. that also includes, most pertinently, uh, kidnapping of a minor is a level three. Oh. I looked up um, the sex offender registry, mm-hmm. and there I couldn't find any level threes anymore in okay. that area. They're all level twos. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to name them because that's... Yes. Anyway. Um, where was I? So... Uh, it's so uh, during the search, police discover a set of work work boot footprints near an electrical box and on top of a gas meter. So this would be on the outside of the house. So these are footprints that are found on top of things. Okay. Uh, then 13 days later, on May the third, the family gives their first interview to Ann Curry on the Today Show. They mention that they're kind of frustrated with the police, but also mention that no ransom has been made. On the 11th, the police report that Sergio, the father, has voluntarily agreed to stay away from his two sons. He is no longer allowed to uh, be in the house. They are now going to stay with Becky, and he is not allowed to contact them. Hmm. Neither police nor CPS at the time nor since have stated why. Um, And the mother, Becky, she said that my husband's a great father. He's a great husband and a great father to the boys and to Isabel. And at the end of the day, when Isabel comes home, everybody's questions will be answered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the 14th is when you have those 911 calls we just listened to those are released to the media on the 17th uh, the police note that this is not the first time that CPS has been involved in this case Oh, in fact CPS was involved in December of 2011 a few months before Isabel disappeared again no information is provided as to why they were involved for what purpose what happened just that they were involved um And then on the 25th of May, police disclosed that a blood-like stain or the appearance of blood, something along those lines was found on Isabel's floor in her room. I have not found any follow-up stating whether or not they actually confirmed that it was blood. All reports state that it was something that appeared to be blood. Uh, And the report that contains that information has since been redacted. Hmm. Uh, a white hat and a green vinyl shower curtain um, the with brown, dark red-brown or brown stains was found in a 1988 Acura that was parked on the property of the family. Again, no further information has been made about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume that, uh, that this is something that the police are going to hold on to for any future court case. And that is about it. That's why I kept saying we'll get there, because there is not much in just pure straight facts. Um, So since then, they have been following up of about 2,000 leads. They've spent about a million dollars on this investigation. There are no active or open leads or tips at this point. Um, They said that the case is still active. It's still open. And the two detectives who were on the case from day one are still on it, as well as a team of eight other detectives who can be called into that case at any moment. 
in, in January 2014, they re-canvassed the area. Um, they searched about uh, 500, they went to about 500, not search, I apologize. They just went to 500 homes in the area trying to stir up any new information. Any and all leads that were brought about from that investigation mm -hmm. have since been closed. So if that's all the the case, that's all the investigation. Except for one other, just one other thing, okay. sorry. Okay. In 2016, I believe in April, a surveillance tape um, from a nearby business was released. Mm -hmm. uh, what it shows is a lot of coming and going, a lot of foot traffic, a lot of cars. There's just a lot of activity around a house. Um, I, some people find that to be weird in the neighborhood of Broadway and Craycroft. It, there's a mall nearby. There's all sorts of businesses nearby. It wouldn't surprise me that there are a lot of traffic going on. Okay. Um, however, there are two subjects uh, uh, that are near trash containers near the Celis's house. And about an hour before the 911 call, we see a truck speeding around the corner from those trash bins. Okay. And that's it. Um, Apparently, Sergio had asked for a copy of those tapes, was given a copy, and the business has decided four years later to release what they have. Okay. Um, I guess because the police didn't really think there was much to go on it, and mm -hmm. otherwise they might have like requested that they not release it. Uh, and as just a follow-up, Rebecca and Sergio, they're still married. They still live in the same home, um, and they, keep, they say that they keep her bedroom ready in case she should ever come home. So... Now, if that's all we have for, for hard hard evidence here, let's go on to the rampant speculation. Yes. So she's either, like, what, kidnapped mm -hmm. by an outside intruder? Yes. Um, kidnapped or done otherwise with by a family member. Mm -hmm. um, wandered away accidentally mm -hmm. and then fell afoul of something. something. What else we got? died and then was maybe taken Somewhere body else. moved mm -hmm. to to cover it up yeah so we'll just start with um she was kidnapped so okay. this is the theories section and as you can see on my my little sheet i have the subtext to theories is opinions are like assholes because everyone has one i spent a lot of time on web sleuth and my life is not richer for it oh yeah um so i, I copied i I went a little bit on this because I, I knew this was your story and I didn't want to do too much. But yeah. I did dig around in, in Reddit because I wanted okay. to find the real juicy, just speculative, mm -hmm. unsubstantiated rumors. So that's what I bring to this table. All okay. of the stuff that's not like legitimate journalism and that no one should pay attention to. That's what I've got. Okay. Well, good. So we'll we'll start with she was At least kidnapped. a little bit of it. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. So again, the neighbor uh, says that she hears two male voices uh, from outside of uh, her bedroom, which would also be outside of, of Isabel's bedroom. Okay. Um, the window screen was found pulled off and sort of thrown into the yard. And again, there were 17 sex offenders in the area, eight of whom were these high-risk level three sex offenders. Mm -hmm. And again, this includes people who may or may not have been arrested for attempted kidnapping or attempted kidnapping of a minor. Mm -hmm. um, again, I tried to look up to see if I could find any of those guys. They've, um, they probably have moved since then. Uh, and let's see here. And, all, and the, what the report that I found was almost every one of the 17 sex offenders in the area, it was due to offenses of child molestation or possessing child pornography. Uh, by the way, possessing child porn is a level one sex offense. Just oh. possessing it. It is not a level two. Oh. So, um, 
There were also, in the kidnapping rumor section, there were also rumors that Sergio was involved in the drug cartel. As Tucson is close to Mexico, he may have been in debt with the cartel and maybe Isabel was taken as a threat. This is 100% rumor. That's, I have a quote from Reddit. <laughs> go, go, go. On that note, uh, one of someone on Reddit says, one of the sons went to school with my youngest sister-in-law back when they were in elementary school and they, someone used to brag about how they, how they were a drug dealer and there are some upgrades on their house. That so to be clear, an elementary school student yeah, An elementary said, school student said that another elementary school student said that maybe someone related to the family could have possibly been a drug dealer. Right. So that's, um, that's as far as we go for evidence on that. I think we'll, I think we'll that hard facts. Hard facts. Yeah, unsubstantiated rumor. 100% rumor. So again... Um, I'm, I'm presenting these. I want to make yeah. sure for everyone to... I'm presenting these humorously because you can't just go around accusing people of bullshit like this. It's not right. So, Especially when their name, like, just because their name is Sergio, therefore they must be involved course, in the Mexican ridiculous. drug cartel. So, and not, and to be clear, not everybody from Tucson is involved in the drug cartels right. of Mexico. I'd say maybe fifty percent of people in Tucson are involved in the drug cartels. Well, since I a hard forty-five percent. Well, I'm involved in the drug cartels, so I mean, yeah, Th- that is not true. To be clear, no. yeah, we're again a joke. Ha <laughs> ha! Funny time. The counterpoints to the idea that she was kidnapped was, one, there was no ransom letter, at least none that the family reported. You could argue that if Sergio was involved in the drug cartels and wanted to keep that secret, he might not necessarily report that he was sent a letter saying, hey, you owe us money for your drug dealing and we've taken your daughter. However, you would think that if your, one would hope that if your daughter went missing, and you did have some involvement with some people who had made threats against your life, one of the first things you might do is tell the police, even if you don't admit that you're in the drug cartel or a drug dealer, you might tell the police, hey, there's this guy that you should talk to. Or alternatively, if you did want to keep that under wraps, you wouldn't call 911. You would see that your daughter's missing. You, I assume that the cartels would leave some kind of note for you so that it's very clear that you're, mm-hmm. they have taken your daughter. And then you try to solve that yourself. I don't think that he would call 911 if, nope. he, if, if this is all true and he is some kind of like Pablo Escobar of right. Tucson. Um, and so, yeah, and if a cartel has stolen your kid, they're not going to be subtle right uh they want they would want you to know and tucson's not the wild west of yeah well also why would the cartel kidnap a child right like just kill them or just threaten to kill them or just say yeah "Yeah, we here's photos of your sleeping daughter whether we took outside of your bedroom we know where she is you need to pay us that's significantly creepier than they have well, maybe not significantly. Well, I mean, it, it's, I think it's, so the, the other crazy. issue is that, it, which is what I was about to go into, is people have pointed out that this this kidnapping, if it was, took a huge amount of risk. Uh, it was done and during daylight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, these people, these are two men speaking in normal like levels mm-hmm. of voice outside of some, someone else's bedroom. This is not a rural area. This is a pretty suburban area, making no attempts to hide their voices, making no attempts to go about this quietly. And I mean, 
Becky works as a nurse. Again, like I said, mm-hmm. I, can, I can guess what her hours are just knowing nurses. She probably works 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you just case the house for a couple of days. You can pretty quickly pick up on that routine and can know when to come in to get the daughter that doesn't risk you running into any right. wake, mm-hmm. um family members. Um, the other issue is there was, where was the getaway car? Did anybody notice any strange car, cars parked outside that of their house? That car peeling away from the trash cans Maybe. on the surveillance photo? It might be that, that, that it might be that truck. Um, but they would have to take her from her room, um, at the side of the house to transport her somewhere. They have to take her mm-hmm. to, it, it just, it would have been a lot of high risk, um, activity. Uh, Are so, there any suspects at all in, for a kidnapping? No, okay. no. Uh, in fact, well, and also the police. No, and the police have said that um, that they won't acknowledge if anyone's a suspect. Uh, they say all they'll say is that if we have enough evidence, we will bring charges. But mm-hmm. um, they haven't publicly acknowledged any kind of um, suspect. So. Um, during this time when the family's getting a little bit frustrated with the police and their um, kind of slowness to act or I, I mean I don't even know if I'd say that I, I think it's an understandable reaction if your daughter's missing and nothing's been found mm-hmm. whether or not the police are doing their job or not it's kind of instinctive to believe that the police are not doing their job yeah if your daughter's not back then clearly yeah. they're fucking up right I mean that's a pretty understandable thing to do and they do what I think is I think it's pretty reasonable. They hire a private investigator. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely do that. And what he has said since then, um, he has been quoted to have said, whoever did this knows the family 100% guaranteed and my suspect has a key to the house. Hmm. So since then, he has said that he has about, I believe, three suspects. He won't name any of them, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is pretty pretty good of him. Um, he just says that, again, like I said, that somebody that the family knows uh, and he won't name them because they haven't been charged. I apologize, not two. He has two, not three suspects. Okay. So one of them retained an attorney immediately, and one of them moved out of Tucson immediately. Hmm. Uh, and he also mentions that one of the suspects sent his car out of town uh, two to three days. Uh, oh, sorry, his vehicle was sent out of town two or three days before he left town, which he considered to be a red flag. Do you, is there any? So wait. So. One theory as to who he's talking about, yeah, that's is the bro- is the cousin, okay, Justin, because Justin, as I said, spoke to the the press and then kind of got out of town. And, hmm. um, then, and I wonder if there's the two suspects. People believe that they work together because two men talking in front of yeah. the house. If they're family. Yeah, and one of them, like I said, one of the suspects uh, lived nearby. Uh, like, sorry, what, Justin lived nearby in an apartment. He also lived in that house for a while. What you will see come up a lot now that we're talking about Justin, there is not any evidence that he did this, at least none that's been released publicly. If there is evidence, it's the police have it or this private investigator has it. All he, What he is saying is that this guy might be a suspect based on his behavior, which was that he got out of town pretty quickly. I'd like to mention one yes. thing real quick on this um, private investigator because I looked into the private okay, investigator. Yeah. Uh, okay. And he is the co-founder of a rescue organization called Find Me. Yes, I saw that. And one of their primary modes of finding people, did you read about this? Mm-hmm. It's called pendulum dowsing. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're they're psychic investigators. Oh, goody. Uh, He is a retired formal federal agent. Oh, I'm sure he does a great job. But that's ridiculous. And it's not him that practices it. It's his co-founder. Yeah. But they also, I went on their website and they're trying to recruit psychic sensitives. Oh, goody. Okay. Because if they were, if they were, if there was a find people group in Tucson, there's the reason why I went to, to, to look this. If there is a, a group that does this, I want to give them my money. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to give, but this is a cause that I feel strongly about. I would love to give them my time. But not if they have psychics. But involved. not if, you know, yeah, it's like, I don't know. A psychic just it kind of rubs me the wrong way if that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, if there's... A good search and rescue organization. Mm-hmm. I bet there's a search and rescue organization I can we'll get Put a pin to. in that and, uh, and look yeah. for that. But back hey, to... <laughs> listeners, if you work for a rescue organization or do you... Not, not dogs. Although if you do work for a dog rescue organization... We are already that. giving you guys money because we love dogs and we yeah. we go visit. Yeah. Um, if you are in Tucson and you work with a, a search and rescue organization or you know anything about this kind of work and you want to talk about what you do or anything like that, please give us a call uh, or send us an email or anything. We would love to hear from you. All right. So back to Justin. One other thing that I found about him is it is mentioned a lot, particularly on Web Sleuth, that he has a criminal background. That is all that is said about him. I have tried repeatedly to see if I can find um, what exactly this background is. I was unable to come up with anything. So what I can determine from that is one, somebody on web sleuths said that he has a criminal background, just said it. And then it became fact from there. Or sounds about right. Or two, he does indeed have a criminal background, but it is nothing particularly relevant to this case. If he was a sex offender, we would know that would, he would have to be registered, uh, as a sex offender. And we, like I said, we would know that, and they would lead with that. If if you can pick, if you have a missing child case and you have a person who is a sex offender, that's your lead. That's what you mm-hmm. lead with is that mm-hmm. brother, the convicted sex offender. No, Even if it's something like flashing, you still start with brother convicted sex it offender. Could, this could easily be something like once upon a time he got like detention for smoking pot at school. Or shoplifting. Or shoplifting. And yeah. now somebody's family is going around like, well, you know he's a criminal. He's a cr- exactly. This I isn't... know some people in my family who would do that. Right. And this isn't and like... Have. <laughs> this isn't like... <laughs> Put a pen in that. So... <laughs> so... This isn't like he's a convicted murderer, because again, if he was a convicted murderer or or like attempted murderer or manslaughter, they would lead with that. The fact that it keeps being dropped that he is a has a criminal background tells me it is something b- benign or yeah. unrelated. Yep. So that's it for Justin. That's but you will see it all over the internet. Everyone seems to think he did it. If the private investigators know something more great. Uh, I can understand why he's not releasing that information, but if all we're really going on is that the brother got out of, sorry, the, I keep saying brother, the cousin, Justin, got out of town pretty quickly after she went missing. Yeah, it's suspicious, but I don't know if it's, um, it's certainly not enough to bring to court. Um, so then the other issue, as Jess, you noticed, is the weird 911 call. Yeah. So let's preface this real quick by saying, because I I hear this a lot, I see things like this a lot where people will try to break down a 911 call and try to explain. Which we're about to do. Which we're about (laughs) to do, which we're about to do. 
but um, I want to preface this by saying I'm, I don't know anything about anything and no one should ever take my opinion as um, fact mm -hmm. on something like this. If I say like, that's a weird thing to say. Um, I'm not an investigator. I'm not a police officer. I'm not trained in any of this. I'm a, I am a person who likes to read this online. So my opinion should carry no weight. This so, is just a theory. No one's accusing anyone right. of anything. Uh, the other issue I think we should, I think we also kind of been dancing around, but we'll just say outright, uh, it's inappropriate to judge somebody's response to yes. an a emergency, to a very horrible situation. People respond to those kind of situations uh, very differently, where one person might become hysterical, another person might become very reasonable, another person might make bad jokes. Um it doesn't look great, but I, I really caution um, presenting the ideal, right. you know, victim and anyone who... Right, because, you know, I get, I get, I said, uh, you know, who makes a joke in the middle of a 911 call, which he kind of cracks that little, I told her to get her butt home. And then laughs. And laughs, but he might be, he might be trying to be the brave guy. Yes, yeah. And he might be trying to... Well, you know, maybe um, she's not missing. Maybe we'll find her in five minutes and I'm yeah. going to sound really ridiculous. Therefore, yeah. I'm going to make a little bit. I'm going to be the reasonable yes. one. I'm going to be the guy who's in control. My wife can be, you know. In but, fact, in, in psychology, there are documented responses to stress. There is the person who intellectualizes things, the person who um, rationalizes things. And these are all just coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. uh, there are documented real coping mechanisms that people take. And it I don't know if uh, anyway, we've we kind of beaten this to death. So but yeah. yeah that... So on so after that little spiel about how you know rampant speculation, let's, baseless accusations are wrong. Let's dig in let's and do exactly speculate. that. Let's let's. So I found speaking of um, less than scientific organizations, I found the Body Language Institute, which has broken down the nine one one call and made some judgments on it. Is this an actual institute? So best I can tell, this is based on body language analysis. Not best I can tell, it is. It is based on body language analysis. Best I can tell, this is essentially psychological profiling, meaning it is, it's speculation. Uh, psychological profiling, while useful, um, it's still, it's speculative. It, I, it's not really based on a very hard science because it can't be because it's, mm -hmm. it's judging person's behavior. It doesn't behavior. mean that the work that they do isn't good, but... I could not find any sci good scientific studies suggesting that it's good, but I could, like, yeah. Oh, I mean profiling, right. not, right, 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 not right. body languaging. Because profilers... Yes, no, 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 I agree. I've I agree. watched enough episodes of Criminal Minds <laughs> to know <laughs> Hotch always gets his pants. And if anything, Criminal Minds is a documentary. <laughs> That's happened in real time. Anyway, so this these body language experts, air quotes... Yeah, air quotes. Uh, have sort of analyzed his 911 call. And I keep saying, I keep kind of being sarcastic about this because I just have a problem with taking somebody's behavior and take him making big leaps in judgment on it. Well, it also implies that there's a right way right. and a wrong way which, to behave. Right. Which, and then any deviation from the norm makes you like a weirdo. Right. And that, 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 and that automatically makes you more suspicious, which is weird. 
So let's just start. I'll is it okay if I just play this the, his part again? Just yeah, the first. Go for it. Play again. Just so we can get a refresher. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Uh, I want to report a missing person. My little girl is six years old. I believe she was abducted from our house. So one to start with, um, he refers to her as a missing person. Mm -hmm. The body language experts think that a father of a kidnapped child is not going to refer to their daughter as a missing mm. person. Again, yeah. that's a big, anyway, we'll, I'm going I'm to start turning into a broken record if I have to stop um, every single time. And he sort of, he makes this judgment that he is, she's abducted. Um, and he says it in this very sort of calm manner, just sort of cold, um, which they determined to be cold. Again, I don't know if we can necessarily draw from that, mm -hmm. that he is somehow guilty. The address? Okay, stay on the line for some police. I will. Hello, I need to report a uh, missing child. I believe she was abducted from my house. Okay, how old? Six years old. Okay, is it your daughter? Yes. Why do you think she was abducted? I have no idea. We woke up this morning. I went to go get her up for her baseball game, and she's gone. I woke up my, my sons. I, we looked everywhere in the house, and my oldest son noticed that her window was wide open and the screen was laying in the backyard. We've looked all around the house. My sons are okay, running. Nina. Yeah, my sons are running around the house looking for her. The screen was on the ground outside? Yes. Yeah. What's your address? What's your name, sir? My name is Sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O, middle initial D, last name is C-E-L-I-S. I-S is in Sam? Okay, what's your name? Isabel, I-S-B-E-L, uh, I-S-A-B-E-L. See, the body language experts have something about, he's middle initial. Can you spell it? Can you say last name? Yes. Yeah. Okay, what's your birthday? Okay. Is mom there also? And she had just left work. I just called her and I told her to get her back home. <laughs> so, if the body language experts have a problem with the fact that he states that she just went for work uh, to work, which she didn't. She left. This would have been about eight fifteen. Uh, if she left work at six thirty, that's a little mm -hmm. less than just left for work. Um, they wonder if maybe he's providing an alibi for his wife. Again, mm -hmm. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, he. It keeps coming back to this issue of we can't really criticize how someone talks, the exact the specific words that they use if somebody's in a panic. He, you know, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. She did just leave for work in terms of the greater span of the day. Like, Yeah. Maybe so, he just woke up. Maybe he just woke up. I mean, and maybe he's trying to establish that not necessarily an alibi for her, but an alibi for himself in his own way, like... Oh, I can't be held responsible for this. My wife wasn't here, and it's right. her job to, to see after the children right. or whatever. That might be the kind of joke like, he's making. Yeah, and no, none of no adult was really present because I just woke up and my right. like, yeah. And um, people have had a problem with him making a joke and kind of chuckling about it. It it doesn't sound good. It really it's it's not great. But but then again, I'm sure he didn't expect this to be no. played. Over and over and discussed by two people he doesn't know on a podcast. Yeah, and also, if he was involved in some kind of um, cover-up, 
one would expect that he would not be making jokes. Right. That he would be trying to sound a little bit more panicked. Um, that, yeah. So, and they also had a problem with, uh, they said that his language reveals that Isabel is not a priority, that he, th um, that he thought of his wife in the get your butt home comment and that his mind is still on his wife, not on his daughter, um, who, if she were truly missing or abducted would be who he cared about. Uh, it's the parental instinct to care only for the missing child. He's more concerned with image and alibi than he is with his missing daughter. Well, I just see that he could just be selfish. Yeah. Again, I, this could easily just be him establishing that, like, quote-unquote, you know, familial alibi for himself of, like, I'm just a dude, this isn't my job, kids, sorry, whatever. There's also a point which we didn't but play. he also could right. be a loving and doting father. Yeah. There's an, to, to their point, there is a point in which they ask, how tall is she? And he gives the height of his wife. Um, and has to be corrected that we're talking about your missing daughter, not your oh. wife, and then gives the height of his daughter. I, not great, but yeah. I just, anyway, I just don't see, I don't see if he ha was involved, I feel like his behavior would be different, and I, I, I ch I'm going to chalk this up to just a father really not, Maybe either not grasping the severity of the situation or not, or just this is how he's going to cope with it. He's going to make stupid jokes. He's going to need to be redirected a lot mm -hmm. to um, talk about his daughter. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that is about, yeah, that is unfortunately it. Wow. Yeah. All right, so that's about all. So I'll, I'll just start finish with that there is still a website for Isabel um, for people to drop off tips. It hasn't been updated for about two years. Mm -hmm. um, but to the family's credit, uh, they've never left that home. They've stayed there. Mm -hmm. uh, one would assume that if something really bad had gone down in that home yeah. uh, that they were aware of, they would have left. It all. I think t to me it really speaks that at least the mother um, believes that her daughter was kidnapped. Um, because if, if you have a daughter that you think was kidnapped or you think wandered away from home, you wouldn't move away from your house. You right. would stay there because there's always that chance that there's going to be a knock on the door and that Isabel has come home right. because she remembers where her home is. Um, and yeah, the, this case seems to have sort of stopped and I, I honestly don't know. Well, it's the nature of a cold case. It's, they go cold and... And it's possible that the police do have a good suspect, that they they have a pretty good idea. This is I've read about this often happening with cases that the police may not have the evidence for it, but they have a pretty good suspicion of who did it and that they are not going to release that information until they right. collect like more. They, they know they can't convict, but right. they know they, the person who did it. Right. So, so yeah. That hopefully, is... maybe we can count on... Uh, Maybe there's some family, if it's a family involvement, maybe some other family member will flip sometime or... Is it terrible that I almost wish that it was like a family involvement that like Isabel accidentally something happened like by accident and that they had to just bury the body? Because I would rather they know what happened. Is, yeah. that, is that bad? Like rather than the mother and the family like thinking that she's been kidnapped and not knowing what yeah. happened to her? I don't know. I think it's an awful situation. Yes. Well, anyway, I mean, well, on that lovely note, um, 
we that's the end of our story here. Uh, if you have any other uh, thoughts or any cases you'd like to see us cover, let us know. Uh, we have some uh, episodes upcoming. We'll be on the Phoenix Canal Killer and slash the Arizona Zombie Hunter. I'm working on that. Um, and we have the Arizona Time Portal in Aravica, the Tucson Mayday Mystery, and many, many more coming. So if you have any suggestions for that, drop us a line. We are Keep Tucson Spooky. We have a Facebook page. Uh, you can leave us notes. And that's, that's about it. See y'all later. Keep it spooky.